you know, some people have this concept when they're selling a product to somebody is that you're on one side of the table, the prospect is on the other side of the table, and the product or service is on the middle, and you're trying to convince the prospect to buy or use your product or service. But the right way to look at it is that we're both on the same side of the table. We're looking at this prospect or service, and we're trying and we're learning together how this is the best fit for you. That's what sales is all about. It's all about the relationship. And if you try to rush the relationship or if the relationship is not real, meaning it's not coming from a real place, then people can sense that. You could sense the fakery, right? And, and that's why the most successful people in business are those that know how to build real, honest, you know, honest relationships. Caution, you will begin to love your nine to five with this show. Join us as we explore and discover your unique strengths and learn to apply them to your daily business activities with your host, Shmuel Septimus. Welcome to this next episode of the Love Your 9 to 5 show. My guest today, coming all the way from Israel, is Nachum Kligman. Nachum is the founder and CEO of the software company called Book Like a Boss, as well as the podcast host and author of The Firm Entrepreneur. Nachum, welcome to the show. Hey, Shmuel. Thank you so much for having me. Thank you for coming on. Now, before we get too far in, I always like to start off the show and ask the guests to really share with our listeners who don't know you really as well. Tell us a little bit more about yourself personally, how you got to where you are, and professionally, what are you, where are you right now? Okay. Uh, so I grew up, I was born and raised in Pasek, New Jersey. Um, people don't know, uh, actually, my family goes back to Pasek in the 1920s. My oh. great-grandfather was a butcher there. Right. Mm-hmm. So uh, we go, we, our family goes way back. Um, and, you know, I made, you know, I went to, uh, uh, you know, Yeshiva High School, went to JC, MTA, uh, public school for a week or two. Then actually I, I dropped out of high school. It was uh, a little bit boring for me. Uh, and I enrolled myself in college and I did a semester in Bergen Community College, had a 3.5 GPA. And then I ended up going to Eretz and I ended up going to Innovation for about three and a half years. Then I opened up a restaurant in Mea Sharim, uh, which was an incredible experience. And then That's I daring. went to Base Israel. Yeah. I'm giving a very quick version, by the way. Keep it going. <laughs> I, went to, I went to Base Israel. I was a dorm counselor there for a year. and was learning there. Came back to the States, um, opened up in a, a, uh, a business selling promotional products. Got married about three years later um, when I was 26, 27. Mm-hmm. Then uh, after I got married, it was another three years in Passaic. I uh, started my first high-tech company, which, uh, which actually failed um, uh, due to legal reasonings. And okay. then uh, I saw 9-11 from our window, from our uh, um, condo in Passaic. So the uh, World Trade Center on fire. And my wife and I said, okay, we got to go back to Israel. Now's the time. Made Aliyah on the first Nefesh Nefesh flight. Our first son was... our. Second child, our first son was born in Yerushalayim on September 11th, 2002, and uh, been in Ramat Beit Shemesh uh, ever since. Started a couple high-tech companies, um, decided to start an apparel company, which was an absolute nightmare. A what company? And after uh, apparel. Oh, okay. I started a clothing, clothing. Started a clothing company. After being in high-tech for about 10 years, I said, hey, how hard could it be to make a shirt? Mm-hmm. And apparently, apparently it was a lot harder than I thought. Um, 
And uh, it was a very challenging time. And after two years of putting a lot of money, blood, sweat, and tears into it, it it was forced to close. And so I decided to take some time off from starting companies. And I decided to do consulting, business consulting, uh, write a book, which I wrote the From Entrepreneur, start a podcast, called the From Entrepreneur podcast, interviewing from entrepreneurs from around the world. And as I was doing this coaching, um, basically I saw that there was a need, I had a need. People were, were because of the podcast and because of the book, uh, people were emailing me and calling me, you know, almost, you know, a few times a week. Hey, can I take you out for a cup of coffee? Hey, can I pick your brain, et cetera? Shout out to Daniel Geffen on that one. Um, Mm -hmm. And uh, he he has the uh, Can I Pick Your Brain uh, podcast. Oh, okay. Um, and I and I realized I said you know it was hard going back and forth. Hey, when when is when is my time available? When is it available for you? Oh, by the way, I charge my time. You know, it's two hundred dollars an hour. You know, and, and it was just a lot of back and forth. I said I wish there was an easy way that whenever someone contacted me, I could just send them a link that said, Hey, this is who I am. These are the services I offer. Here's my calendar. You could book me and pay for it all in one place. And I looked around for the software, and it didn't exist. There was like some online scheduling apps, um, but there was nothing nothing that did everything I wanted. And I tried building it in WordPress, which was an absolute nightmare, and uh, trying to get everything to work together. And, and decided I was going to hire somebody. It was going to cost a few thousand dollars. I said, forget it. And then a friend of mine, um, Rabbi Daniel Roth um, from, Tor- from TorahLive.com, okay. his sister was a masseuse, and he, she sent me, he forwarded me an email from her. She said, I'm not technical at all, but um, is there any type of website or system I could just build a one-page website that says, hey, these are the massages I offer, here's my calendar, and they could book me and pay for it all in one place. And then when uh, I realized that, hey, this woman has this need as a masseuse and I have this need as a business consultant, I bet there are tens of thousands of others. And um, I brought this idea to a good friend of mine, David Yudkowitz. Uh, who is a master programmer. He loved it right off the bat, and we decided to build it. It was about two years ago. Um, a couple months in, Lloyd Schroeder, our third co-founder, joined us. And uh, now I'm doing Book Like a Boss uh, pretty much full-time. Software company launched uh, this past May, almost a year ago. And uh, Baruch Hashem, we've seen a lot of Siata Deshmaya, and we now have uh, close to 9,000 users um in over 50 countries and wow. continues to grow wow wow that, that's wow. the quick that's the quick that's a very quick version okay well that that is a quick version um okay there's there's a lot of things that you kind of you know you went over very quickly but just yeah. as far as the research to this product like i know i've experimented experimented myself with some of these scheduling software so i know that you had this need and it, this masseuse that you mentioned also had this need and that was enough for you to know that, like, let's do this? Yeah, because, you know, and this is something we could talk about. You know, my niche has always been high-tech, um, internet startups. You know, there's not my, my first um, high-tech startup. So, you know, it's very weird, the industry and what was out there. Okay. And I also saw where things were going with what's called the gig economy. You know, uh, you have Uber and you have Airbnb and you have all these ways people are trying to make, uh, you know, what's called side hustling um, or side gigs. And more and more people were, were having, uh, as a matter of fact, say that 50% of millennials have their daytime job, have their day job, and then they have like their side business, right? So uh, this movement has been growing for the last bunch of years. 
and uh, it's projected to grow even you know more of the, in the next bunch of years. Which uh, is probably you know, why we're to... having this conversation right now. We're both exactly. doing, doing these projects on the side. But I love that term, the gig academy, if I said that right. Yeah. Um, because, and I didn't know where you were going with that, but you, you don't mean the concept of Uberizing different industries. You mean the drivers of Uber and the, and the hosts of Airbnb Correct. and all these other people who they have their one thing. Now, this product, just, I'm thinking about this now, because like I was saying, that like there are certain scheduling softwares out there, and I've experimented myself with some of them. But this is this is like more than that. This is like if you go to the regular, simple one person shop that someone offers a specific service, they don't have the time, the money, the budget to deal with a website and everything that's involved in maintaining it and you know and marketing it and all that. They want something very simple, very practical. Here's something I could text somebody a link. This shows everything that I have. It's obviously discoverable. I'm sure it's you know you want it to be SEO friendly, but at the same yep. time. They don't want this whole thing with drop downs and who we are and our mission and meet our team. They don't want any of that. Contact me. These are my services. You could pick one. You could book it, schedule. I don't, you know, you, I go to my barber and he has to stop six times in the middle to answer the phone to write down on his notepad when the next person's coming in. If you right. would just have a link that everyone goes to, you know, the people would just walk in by themselves. It, wouldn't, it would completely eliminate that, that aspect. So it seems like it's. Not only would it eliminate, it would eliminate having to pay for it because you could pay for it online. So. The barber can even get paid before the person even comes into the into his uh you know his office into that's his awesome. room. Yeah, and and that's and that was one of the things that you know we want to make it drop simple for anybody to be able to use and to have everything in one place. And you're right, it's not a full website with a you know we we it it, it is a full website. It gives you everything you need, but it's very focused on sales. It's very focused on getting the job done, cutting through the clutter, and saying, hey, this is who I am. These are reasons why you want to book me. Here's my calendar. You could pay for me. We have frequently asked questions. We have testimonial sections. So you can put up testimonials. Um, we have some marketing tools uh, as well with even more coming out. So it's basically everything you need to start selling a service, um, you know, whether it's online or offline. Right, right. And we, we see like a trend. You know, if you go back to some of the, especially in healthcare, a lot of, people, a lot of companies have very outdated um, ancient websites because they jumped on the bandwagon right away when you know when everyone started designing their own web websites and never updated it. And then you have on the other end these these beautiful state of the art websites with uh, you know with really you know um, fancy graphics and all sorts of wonderful things. But a lot of times they miss the point of the website. Like if you were to ask the web designer, if you could tell me in five words why is there a website and what's the goal. You might say to look nice, to give social proof, to give this, but that's really usually not. The goal is conversion. You want business. That's it. If it's going to promote exactly. business, then it's good. If, if not, not. And anything else that's on there that does not promote business is clutter. So you see a lot of people who now who are not making websites, they'll just use their Facebook page for everything. And Facebook does have certain ways to, you know, to book service. You could book services even on Facebook directly and even Google now on their, on their listings. They actually have a, you know, if you have Google My Business, they have certain ways where you can just create a, a website, which is really just the name of your business, a couple of testimonials, and like a link to click one thing, which is obviously very limited. But it's also, right. it's, it's coming from the Google perspective, coming from the SEO perspective. I found your business. What do you want the guy who first time interacted with your business online, what do you want them to do? So you're kind of really doing that right, I guess. And giving the business the opportunity to express whatever they want about themselves, short, sweet, to the point, and, and guiding them directly to click that button. 
Is that basically what a- it is? Absolutely. Absolutely. And, and I think, if, I think, I mean, you're, you're on LinkedIn, you know, a lot of most people are on LinkedIn, especially in the business world. And that's one of the problems of LinkedIn is that you'll go to someone's profile, you'll read a little bit about them, but then what, you know, okay, you could message them maybe, but you know, what if you could actually book that person, you know, and pay for it and hire the guy's services. And LinkedIn started also about a year ago, they started offering some sort of booking system um, for some of the more uh, high profile um, users. But, you know, that was something that was really missing. And here, I, that's what I we're take, trying to do. I see. Does it, the high profile means the paid premium users? I'm not sure if it's paid premium. I, I think it's not just for any paid premium. I think I'm not sure if it was for by invitation only or only, uh-huh. or you had to apply for it. I'm not sure exactly. It's not so mainstream yet. Um, and it could be more local based uh, for companies. Um, well, but, what, what type yeah, of feedback they, have you been getting from business owners who are actually using the oh, service people, now? Oh, they love it. <laughs> Thank you. know, that, that, that was one of the things, that was one of the early signs when we first launched in May, um, you know, in our, and we, we opened up a Facebook group where we now have about 2,500 of our users. And we saw that people were coming on even from, from, you know, the first couple of weeks that when they, they started answering, doing customer service for us. So someone would post a question and then other users would answer them. Well, and when I saw that, I, I knew we had something special because if someone's going to take from their time, which is everybody's most valuable asset, mm-hmm. in order to help other people with this software, you knew that they were passionate fans about the product. And uh, Baruch Hashem, that's, that, that's continued to grow. That's continued to be the case. Um, you know, we, we get testimonials all the time about people who really love it, how they left other companies to use us, how easy it is. Um, and, and truth is, we're, we're really just getting started. We're not even a year from launch yet. So... There's still uh, more great things to come. Awesome. Now, I mean, you clearly have evangelists who are behind your brand and the, I guess the concept, because I think, again, you know, just coming from the outsider, you know, I'm sure you live and breathe book like a boss. And I've seen, you know, right. some of the content that you're, you're putting out about it. But just if, if I can offer an outsider's perspective, is that in a, way, in a way it might be bigger than just a piece of software that solves a problem. I th- I'm thinking now aloud that it might be a different way of looking at how we project ourselves online and what is the what is our goal in projecting ourselves online so some of us you know we could spend you know dozens and dozens of hours sometimes every week interacting in ways which we think might lead to better networking opportunities better business opportunities but this is a much more focused approach to what exactly when people look for me or when people look for this and they find me what exactly do I want them to do? You know, um, I'm sure you're familiar with uh, ClickFunnels, which kind of is kind of trying to do that. You know, their sales thing is they want to tell you, you know, don't have a website. All you need is, you know, you need your funnel and you need your landing page and that's all you need. But this is kind of, in a way, might be taking it a step further where we're not, we don't have this long. I mean, I, I'm sure you can integrate both of them together, just like with all these services. Yeah. But, yeah, um, we've had a lot of requests actually integrate with ClickFunnels. Yeah, that's interesting. Because yeah. when you get to that point, you know, basically your system is like a glorified call, call to action. It's like, you know, right. this is exactly what we want you to do. And the consumer should, ha- should know exactly what the options are. You know, what can I do in a very short way? Not reading a thousand pages of text or even watching a hundred videos, which would be very short, sweet, and to the point. So I, so right. I think that... Perhaps part of the reason why you have evangelists behind your products, which you don't have behind lots of other products, is because it perhaps is a whole new way of looking at 
how we project ourselves and how we market ourselves online. Interesting. We haven't really uh, thought about it in that in that way, but you're exactly right. And I think that maybe subliminally, that's what we've been trying to do is that, you know, whenever it comes, there was, who, who was it? There was a book I once read, but the whole, the whole premises of the book was like, you have to take away any no that someone will have, right? So that you know what the no's are going to be. Like when someone wants to buy something, you want to sell something to somebody, if you could answer those no's, the irresistible offer, that's what's called the irresistible offer, okay. right? So we try to make these pages that these pages are the irresistible offer, right? That we answer, that we allow our users to answer every question somebody may have when coming to your page. And we also make it look like a social page, right? So that, you know, there is some comfort level there. You know, it's, you it's know, so you sort of recognize it. Right. It's not, it's not so salesy. It's more, you know, uh, well, Hamish is not the word, but you know, more social, uh, mm -hmm. social driven and, you know, and, and you have that video where you can tell I, I can people give about you an yourself. Example, is that, um, yeah. like I mentioned to you before the show, I was working on that online course with Adam Lieberman. And one of the things he brings there is that, you know, some people have this concept when they're selling a product to somebody is that you're on one side of the table, the prospect is on the other side of the table and the product or service is on the middle and you're trying to convince the prospect to buy or use your product or service. That the right way to look at it is that we're both on the same side of the table. We're looking at this prospect or service and we're trying and we're learning together how this is the best fit for you. So by having a platform that's, you know, it's not like you walk into the store and you're browsing the aisles, but it's more like you're in a coffee shop and, you know, and you're in a relaxed environment discussing it and with, with, you know, with little pressure and just a very open understanding environment. Again, and if you could somehow uh, take that very general, um, you know, uh, culture or environment and turn that into a software environment where the person who's interacting with that actually gets to feel that way, you know, a lot of times it, it's easier to sell that way. You know, I should hire you to do sales for us. Maybe. We'll talk afterwards. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but no, I, I mean, I've, I've used, you know, I've used that for my sales team. I mean, right now I'm running a nursing home. And, you know, when you come across and like, we have the best care in the world and our customer service is second to none and our private room rates are amazing and all that. Everyone's like, yeah, 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 right. yeah, yeah. They put their fingers in the ears and they wait for you to metaphorically and they wait for you to stop. And then they, you know, they say, okay, thanks for your time. We'll take your business card and they throw it out outside. Exactly. But if, exactly. You, if you really invite them in and, and you know their children's names within five minutes, not because it says, you know, step two is ask them their children's names, but it naturally, <laughs> no, because it really came flowing naturally because you shared right. your family information and they shared theirs and, and you really developed a real connection in a short amount of time. Then they realize, okay, you know, you're okay if they walk out the door. You're perfectly fine with that. You're not desperate, even if you really are. But they don't, that feeling doesn't, doesn't get there. And then they're like, okay, let me look around. Wow, this guy's running the place, um, you know, and he's cool. Now let's, you know, lo this looks pretty good. And, you know, we feel this connection and they go home. We went to four places, but that guy who really cared about us and, you know, we really felt comfortable there, you know, we're going to go there. And all the- And, and you're 100% right. And, that, and that's what sales is all about. It's all about the relationship. Absolutely. Right? And if, and if you try to rush the relationship or if the relationship is not real- Meaning it's not coming from a real place, as you said, number two, ask about their kids, right? Then people can sense that. You could sense the fakery, right? And, and that's why the most successful people in business are those that know how to build real honest, you know, honest relationships. Because the 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 you know, the transaction, the business deal is really just five percent, 
it's 95% based on the relationship uh, that, you, that you've built. Yeah, I mean, like I like to say sometimes, when people are too busy trying to be authentic, that you can't fake authenticity. <laughs> it's got to be yep. real. It's got to be exactly. real. Um, Rabbi Jonathan Rietti sometimes talks about his previous career when he used to sell, I, I believe it was infomercials or something in the, I think it was the TV marketing space, and where, where the official training that he got in is like 80, 85, 90% of the of the copy of whatever the ad is or whatever the message is, is just accurately describing the problem. And, and as I'm sure you've heard before, you know, people will say that if you can describe the problem better than they can, then you probably have the answer. And then you can just plug in the product. doesn't matter if it's Pepsi, Coke, Tylenol, Advil, <laughs> whatever it is. Right. It's like, okay, this guy right. gets it. That's exactly how I feel. And all I have to do is click that screen or dial the number or walk into my local whatever. I'm in. And it'll solve my uh, pain. Maybe, but at least I'll, I will think so. <laughs> I'll be convinced right, enough. Saying, you think it'll solve your pain, right? Exactly. Uh, getting back to book like a boss. Um, so sure. the, the basic functionality, um, you've basically explained what it is. What, what, what's what's in the future for book like a boss? You know, what are the plans, and you know, how far besides for growing the reach and the customer base, which obviously is huge. But what about the actual product development? Are there plans for that yet? Oh sure. I mean, we have, we have enough development, enough ideas. It's going to last us a, a couple more years. Um, I can tell you, you know, one of the things we're working on now is being able to offer classes and events, so that you know you could offer um, any type of course or class and have multiple people booking for that, um, or an event. You know, you know, even if it's your shul that's having an event, that you'll be able to create a page uh, just for easily taking bookings for an event. So that's something that's coming hopefully the next uh, uh, few months. Okay. Now and these then we are, also have we've had a huge. Yeah, go ahead. No, I'm saying these um, innovations are coming from requests of current users, or is this just uh, speculation? Oh, absolutely, what... a absolutely, and that's one of the key secrets to business is is we are very uh, uh, attached to our users and we know their needs, and because we have such a diverse um, user base, you know, all different ages, males and females from over 50 countries. When you hear repetitive requests, you know that you know, you're getting good representative of global what, what the needs are. So we're very, you know, even though we had our own ideas, we're very, we listen to our customer base very closely and build based on their needs. Mm -hmm. um, and what, that's what I was going to say. One of the, the other things that we get a big request for is what's called our, our enterprise plan. And that is for people that have multiple people in an office. So if you're a real estate office and you have, you know, 30 agents, We'll be able to give each agent their own page, but tied to a central account. Uh, so that's something that's also coming um, uh, in 2018. And then also we're going to be, uh, as I, I mentioned before, I, I sort of hinted to it with LinkedIn, that we're going to be connecting people's pages in a way so that you'll be able to follow other people and connect to other people's pages and, and sort of save your favorites um, as a user so that you know who your marketing guy is, you know, who your, your accountant is, you know, you know, the people that you like and want to save, um, uh, you'll be able to do that. And, and so you'll be able to do a search also, uh, you know, once we, we hit a certain critical mass, um, so, you know, to be able to find the type of people that you want. So just so I understand that. So basically you're kind of developing your own social platform based on all the book, like a boss pages. Exactly. It'll sort of be what I think LinkedIn should have been, or kind of like, LinkedIn for services so that, you know, you're coming in and again, almost everybody 
has their day job and has their side business, right? So, but it, whether you have a side business or you don't, you know, it'll be a place that you can come in and, and you'll be able to search and meet other people and read about them and learn about them uh, and be able to book them, right? And, 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 and pay for it. And so it'll be sort of a different type. It's, it's sort of like a search di uh, directory, but done in a social way. Interesting. Now, I don't know if you can answer this question on the air, but you know, is this something that you thought of approaching LinkedIn directly and see if they're interested in integrating or is that even in the plans or for right now we're just taking it as we go? Yeah, no, it's, that's, it's too, too far advanced. I mean, LinkedIn themselves was bought by Microsoft a couple of years ago. Right. Um, you know, we do see a couple of companies that could be a potential exit for, but you know, again, we're only, we're not even our first year yet of right. launch. So we still have a way to go and we still have, you know, a tremendous amount we want to do and accomplish. Um, but you know, the truth is we, we've, we built this company and we built it in a way that, um, it, you know, there's two ways to go. It's called, one is called bootstrap and the other is called like, you know, the VC route. Mm -hmm. And we really wanted to bootstrap this company. And we're, we're really looking just to like, our goal now is to get to break even. Um, so, and once we get to break even, then to just like try to turn this into a cash cow as, as much as we can. And we don't, so we don't really want to raise money. Like a lot of companies want to go out and raise millions of dollars and grow to 200 employees and then raise another $30 million. That's not really our goal. We don't want to go that route. We'd rather just create, you know, a good solid business that brings in, you know, good cash flow um, and it continues to grow. And then, you know, eventually be bought out by somebody that, you know, you wants want to, to take it to that next pop. level. Right. Yeah. So you want to keep yeah. mom and pop as long as you can. Until it grows so big that you attract attention of other people, and then have that conversation when when you cross that bridge. Now, exactly, but also not having to, meaning we we don't we built this in a way that we'll never have to take money. Got it. You know, obviously everything's managed mine, but we built it in a way, we bootstrapped in a way that we don't have to take investments. And you know, you know, obviously our goal is to get to break even. Um, you know, so that we we won't be pressured. And then if the right deal comes along, we'll be able to consider it without feeling pressured into taking it mm -hmm. understood now you've mentioned briefly in the beginning you went through a few different episodes a few different projects that you've tried and i've heard in some of your other episodes um you know how some of your earlier failures and obviously now you've clearly defined a pain point and accurately created a problem that resolves you know that issue and, you know, we look forward to lots of great growth from there. But it's obviously been a journey. You didn't start at this point. Now, oh, absolutely not. Now, I'm, I'm only saying your own words. I just for the for the sake of time for our listeners, myself included, but for anyone who's there and either they right now have a full time job and they're just hearing from this conversation that, hey, there are lots of people who have stuff on the side and I'm barely making it paycheck to paycheck. Maybe I should do that. Or for those who already are, you know, they got their hands on a bunch of different things, but they're not really sure which direction to go, or they've had their their own set of failures that they have learned from. Um, right. What would you, if you had to give them, you know, one piece of advice of how to kind of keep on pivoting until they find the right thing, or maybe now that you've found something that's that's very real, um, how would you suggest that others mimic the process to to maybe. I know there's no shortcuts, but to at least to stay on the path as much as possible to end up with a real product or real service that, that solves a real problem that could turn into a real viable company. 
So absolutely. And, and, and truth is, there's two answers to this. And I wish, like, you know, you always get that question, hey, if you could tell yourself 20 years ago something, you know, what would it be? And it's these two um, main points, because, yeah, it has been a journey. I've had a lot of failures. I've had a lot of successes. But, you know, you only fail if you don't learn from the experience. Mm -hmm. And everything I've gone through, um, I've learned from. And I've been able to improve till I got to this point now with this company. Um, we're actually, and, and I write a lot about this in my book um, from Entrepreneur, you know, about a lot of these failures and, and how, you know, to do things the right way and the mistakes I made. So there's two things, two very important things. The first thing is, you also touched upon it, is find a real pain point. I can't tell you how many times people come to me with ideas and stuff, and they're not sol solving any pain points. If you're not solving a pain point, you just think it's going to be great because it's cool or because other people are doing it so you could be successful also or it's a little different. You know, you got to find a pain point. You got to find a real problem that you are uniquely solving. Right? If you're not going to do that, you know, then you're going to have a, you're going to need a ton of money, you know, for marketing, for branding, you know, etc. You know, someone came came to me recently with a product, you know, I can't say what it was, but he, want, he basically wanted to take a product that already existed and he wanted to brand it in a different way. Um, and he wanted, um, he wanted me, me to invest and to get other people to invest in his idea because he was going to brand it differently than everyone else. And I said, but the product exists. You could buy it on Amazon today. He says, yeah, but I'm going to tweak it and it's all in the branding. I'm like, you know, that's great, but you're not solving a pain point. Nobody's saying, oh my gosh, I need this to be branded. You're, 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 you're basically th going to th want to throw, you know, a hundred thousand dollars into getting this brand out there, but you don't even know if you'll be able to sell the product. Right. And how are you going to raise money based on just wanting to build the brand? It's, right. It's, unless, it's, unless it's thin air. Is, I mean, he's basically, it's I mean, but, but on the other hand, you know, there was Uber who took everything over and then Lyft is building on their success, but, doing a little bit differently, but fundamentally that, it's the that same. That is true, but they're, but they're both, but they're both solving pain points. They're just, you know, because it's such a massive pain point and it was a spreading and it's such a huge market. So there was enough room for a few people to come in and mm -hmm. solve that pain point. Okay. Right. And, and so if you could, and if you could solve the pain point a little differently or get in and raise the money fast enough, but if you look at Lyft, you know, they raised tens of millions of dollars, not hundreds of millions of dollars. And Uber also raised hundreds of millions of dollars. And it became a race of, of spending that type of money that, that exactly proving my point. Mm -hmm. Right. It, it, it's now it's about branding because now anybody, the first person to reach a certain market share is going to be the winner, or you could have a couple of winners. Right. right? Now but look now, how much money they had to pour into that. Right. Now, how do, how do, you know, the way you described your pain point earlier on in this episode was that you had this problem and someone else had this problem and you kind of went down that route based on your experience knowing that this is a real thing. But for our listeners who are also looking to solve a real pain point other than something that's, you know, a pain point for themselves, how do they validate something? Uh, in, in a simple way without getting too crazy about it and knowing whether this is a real pain point or if this is just something more minor that really cannot hold, withhold a real company or product. Okay, I'll answer that, but then I want to get to that sec to the second um, thing I wish I would have told myself 20 years ago. Me too. Okay? <laughs> All right, good. Just so, so, so we don't forget. So, you know, right, if you find a pain point, so obviously the first thing you're going to do is try to solve that pain point yourself with whatever exists out there. Right. When I had this pain point um, that I had, you know, with my consulting business and I was looking for an easy way, 
I didn't, you know, I searched around for software out there. I searched for site builders. I tried doing it, uh, you know, and, and then I, I spent time trying to build it on WordPress. And I understood that we're, I, I just couldn't do it on WordPress, even though they had calendar apps and you had PayPal and you had Stripe and you could put up photos and videos. But just to have everything integrate together, everything integrate smoothly. And if something got updated, it could knock off something else. And then it wouldn't look good on mobile. And, you know, it was just a nightmare to try to get everything smooth and running, running perfectly. And, you know, so I realized there was a, that there was, even though you could solve it by throwing money at it, that there has to be an easier way to solve this pain point um, where you don't have to throw thousands of dollars on it. You can just pay, you know, 30 bucks a month and get everything you need to run your business. Okay. Right? And I saw that, that, that I did research and I looked and studied what else was out there. And there was nothing else out there that did video what you know what I was trying to build. But how did you know that it was a pain point? Then that's how you knew there was no. Because I, no, I had the I, I had the pain, and I, I, and I saw that someone else had the pain. So you're saying right? really, no really, that's enough. Pain. You're saying if you see that that if you see from yourself. Well, the truth is, in my book, in my book, I tell you to try to go out to twenty or thirty people, mm-hmm. but but because of my experience and my knowledge and just following the high tech world, um, I knew that. Uh, you know, I just know that I, I know internet, I know internet models and marketing, and um, I just know the space very well. That's my niche. So I knew that that nothing like this, um, uh, nothing like this existed. Because if it did, I would have come across it already. Gotcha. What's the second point? Ah, so the second point was uh, focus, right? And you know, you talked a little bit before about you try this, you try that, you're trying out multiple different things. I, you know, earlier on in my in my entrepreneurial career. Um, probably when I when I first got married, I was just so unfocused. I was trying everything, and I and I had you know I mentioned I was in the promotional marketing industry, you know I was doing uh, you know embroidered hats and and shirts and mugs and all these different things, which which I loved doing. But as I was building up this business, I got an idea for my first like internet business, which was called koshergiftbaskets.com. Okay. And I decided, hey, you know what? I want to go into the kosher gift basket company. So uh, business, right? Because it's such a great name. I own the name koshergiftbaskets.com. Uh, and I wanted, you know, this is when e-commerce was starting to really explode. And I, you know, I love the creativity and building beautiful baskets. And so I put this whole company together, um, raised some money from a friend. And, you know, I spent uh, probably about three months or so building it. Now, while, while I was building this gift basket company, I was ignoring my, advertise my, my promotional marketing company and I wasn't getting back to customers and I wasn't focused on building that because I was going all in on the gift basket company. Right. right. So what happens? I launched, I launched the company. Um, I, I placed a big ad in the Jewish press and that was gonna be my launch. Um, and basically the, the, I think the Jewish press come or I don't know if it still does, but came back then it came out on like Tuesday Right, okay. so I placed a big ad to come out on that Tuesday, kosherbiscuitgiftbaskets.com, and it was September twelfth, two thousand and one. Oh boy, talk about timing! Yeah, so I had spent three or four months, you know, putting this company together, taking the pictures, building the baskets, you know, paying for a big advertisement in the Jewish press, and I got one order from a condolence call for for someone who actually was Nifter. In the 9/11 um, wow. uh, tragedy, wow. and and what happened was it, no, it, I don't know if you remember back then. Uh, I don't even know how old you are actually. Anna. I was born. I remember high school. 
Okay. So, <laughs> but nobody was spending any money for like months afterwards. No. Nobody knew what was going to happen, what was going to be, and nobody was spending money online. And, you know, it, it just like sh everything shut down for many months. Right. So now what happened was I had a, a, a barely limping promotional marketing company. I had a kosher gift basket company that was dead in the water. Right. And now, so what did I do? So now, so now I, I'll never forget this. It was September. It was the afternoon, September 11th. The buildings were still on fire. Um, and someone called me. And I remember, because I was in a promotional marketing industry, um, someone called me and said, go and print shirts with the World Trade Center on the shirts. And I said, are you crazy? I'm not going to make money off this tragedy. Are you nuts? He says, if, he says, if you don't, someone else will. And I said, I'm not going to do it. Anyway, I found out from other people in the industry because we, you know, we had uh, email groups or, or whatever. Um, you know, I found out that there were people that made literally like a hundred thousand dollars in a week selling T-shirts, selling hats, anything with the flags on it, uh, with the U.S. with the U.S. flag on it, with the uh, NYPD, you know, wow. FDNY, right? Everything. Right. People. And I held out. And I held out, and then. What happened was the manufacturers, you know, and I dealt with a lot of different manufacturers. They started faxing me um, pricing sheets for specials, you know, on anything with the USA on it, you know, zipper pulls and anything with the flags and, you know, right. never forget and all these, all these different things. And I said, you know what? I can't, you know, everyone else is doing it. I'm going to do it also. So I forgot about my promotional marketing company. I forgot about my gift basket company. Now I went into the, to the 911. Uh, memory uh, industry. Okay. Right? So I go in and I was I was given a lot of credit, you know, from these manufacturers, and I and I and I spent a couple thousand dollars uh, buying merchandise that I was going to sell on eBay and make you know ten times my money. But what happened is I get the stuff like two or three days later, but the day before I get the stuff, eBay banned selling. Anything having to do with the World Trade Center or the tragedy on eBay. Wow. So now I got stuck with thousands of dollars in zipper pulls, bumper stickers, T-shirts, hats, and all this stuff that I couldn't sell online. You had to wait right? for 2012. So now, right. So, so I, I had a dead, I had a dead uh, gift basket company. I had a barely limping promotional marketing company. And now I had a 9-11 a, a commemorative company that was gone. I was in such a bad shape. I had lost so much money, and it's because I didn't focus. I was always running, and, and that's you know it's a problem with me as an entrepreneur. You know, I was always thinking of the next big next next big idea. Well, kind of by and definition, it sometimes it's like that because entrepreneurs get the highs from starting the new thing. Once you're into the maintaining and growing, that's a different skill set. Sometimes a hundred percent, and and I love, and that's for me as an entrepreneur. That's what the, what I love most is the creativity. I love taking an idea. And building it into a real company. But as I got older and I matured, you know, I realized that I had to focus. I had to stay with one thing and really nurture it and build it up and 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 spend years building something before moving on to something else. And so, you know, when I was young and, you know, newly married and, you know, immature in my entrepreneurial ways, you know, I made these mistakes. So I wasn't solving pain points. I wasn't, and I was running from one idea to the other, and it was a huge mistake. And I say, if you're going to go into the business world, 
if you're going to choose a side hustle, a side gig, or or come up with a product, try to solve a pain point. Then and, and make sure, and this is something we talked about pre-show also, make sure that you love what you do. Make sure that you're passionate about it, right? Because if you're going to be spending you know, eight hours a day or whatever it is, building a company or building an idea or, or selling your services, you, you better love it. You better, you know, wake up in the morning excited to do what you're going to do because there's always going to be ups and downs. And if you're going to be spending so much time doing something, you may as well do something you love, well, right? Well, and something that you enjoy. Awesome. And I think that's such an important thing to know and, and to realize that if you're going to do something, make sure you love doing it. Otherwise, you're, you're never going to be successful at it. So that, w- that would be the bonus freebie. Besides, besides for solving a pain point, and besides for focusing and sticking yeah. with it, make sure that whatever it is, the product or the service, even if you're focused on it and it's solving a pain point, if you're not invested in it because you, and you don't really love it, then it just might not work out the way that you want it to work. Now, I know we've gone already over time, so I, I'd like to wrap this up a little bit, although I know we can do this for another two hours without boring <laughs> me or you. I don't know about the listeners, but probably not them either. Uh, let me let me just end off on a couple of things here. Yeah, um, sure. If, if there's one book other than your own, which we'll put a link to in the show notes, of course, the From Entrepreneur. Um, but if yeah. there's another book that you, that can help specifically uh, to help the potential entrepreneur hone in and kind of successfully accomplish some of the things that we discussed today, is there any particular one book that comes to mind that you think would be helpful in attaining those goals? Absolutely. And it actually, it's a book that I'm in the middle of reading right now. Um, but, you know, I, I already know where the book is going because I, I listen to the author uh, a lot, a lot of his speeches and stuff. But it's Crushing It by Gary Vayn- Vaynerchuk. Awesome. I'm sure your listeners are familiar with. I'm sure you're familiar with. Yes, I read the um, book. And he basically, have you read Crushing It yet? I certainly did. Oh, wow. So you so you know, you know, it's about um and I think that he teaches important, in a very important thing that everybody has to know. And he says that everybody is a media company, right? And every company is a media company. Now, where you are now and where you're going to be five years from now, 10 years from now, right? You yourself are not going to change. So the more you invest in yourself and getting yourself out there in, you know, speaking, creating content, you know, whether it's, it's videos or, or writing or, you know, uh, design, whatever it is. Right. If you enjoy doing that um, and, or you're passionate about a topic and you like speaking or writing about it, right, it's never too early to start doing that and start, you know, uh, building it out. A friend of mine just told me who I forgot it was. I just someone just told me the last couple of days that there was somebody that, you know, wrote a blog for five years every day for five years uh, before he became successful. Now he makes millions of dollars a year with his blog, but it took five years to build that up. Right. Um, before he would get to that level. Yeah, Pat Flynn right? has so, a story like that too, where he's he right. was he was blogging for a very long time, and he was um, it was his podcast. It was his podcast. He was ready to stop doing it until he got a uh, uh email from somebody in Poland who just went through some very debilitating illness and was unable to walk, and he sent him a picture of the MRIs and he showed him how during the rehab he would listen to Pat Flynn's. Uh, passive smart passive income podcast, and when right. finally he was he was better and he was able to walk after I think it was a year of rehab or something, he ran the local marathon, and as he came to the finish line, there was a huge sign that he had there, and it said, you know, thank you God, thank you my family, thank you Pat Flynn, and he sent him that picture, and he's like, wow. wow, if I can make such a difference in someone else, I'm not stopping, and I'm sure our listeners know 
uh, how much Pat Flynn has grown since then. Oh yeah, oh yeah, he's he's a class act, one of the best. And so yeah, so I would definitely say crushing because it opens up your mind to realize that you know you know as you said right now you're you're in uh, you know the the nursing home business industry running a a home, right? But your personality and what you're actually doing with your own uh, podcast, um, and I know you've seen some success, and I'm sure you're gonna have even more success. You know, it's a fantastic you. podcast. Um, I you know you're building out your personal brand, right? And that's something that everybody should get started with and everybody should do, um, you know, if you're going to be out there in, in, in the business world. Because even if you, you don't come up with that idea today or tomorrow, maybe you'll come up with the idea for two months, you know, two years from now. Right. But by then you'll have already built up a following. You already know the topic that excites you and, and that you're 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 writing about or they're creating content about. Right. So then when it comes time to to uh, launch that product, launch that software, launch, solve that pain point. You already have a built-in audience ready to uh, to buy from you. Awesome! I really could go so much further from here, but we're, we're going to hold it at this. Nachum, before you go, if you could just let our listeners know if the, what's the best way for them to follow everything that you're doing and the content that you're producing and your company as it grows. Um, the best way, I guess, it's you, you know, so you see my book me page. You go to bookme.name slash Nachum. And that's where you can learn more about me, more of the service I offer, and, and learn more about my company. You'll see an actual book like a boss page in action. Awesome. Um, that's probably the best way to uh, follow me. And also the, uh, you know, the From Entrepreneur podcast. I actually haven't had time to podcast as much as I would like. So I'm actually grateful for uh, you, uh, you know, hosting me on your show. Um, Absolutely. It's a because you know, I love podcasting. I think it's an, an incredible medium. Uh, but that's something I want to get back into. But I think, yeah, bookme.name slash Nochum. Um, we'll be, able, a great to way see, to, to we'll be able to see you. They'll be able to see your product at the same time. Absolutely. Oh, and of course, LinkedIn. Always link in to me. Okay. I'll, I'll put those LinkedIn, links. LinkedIn.com slash IN slash Kligman. Okay. I will definitely put a link to that in the show notes as well. Okay. Nachum, thank you so much for coming on. I really appreciate it. Thank I you. look forward to staying in touch. Definitely. Please do.